heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi-sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry. From helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, the reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs. And hey, yours truly here at the Brian Nichols Show can vouch for the quality of Ebels and My Delta 8 having to deal with a herniated disc in my back, plus years of sports injuries. Ebels and My Delta 8 offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain. And did you know you can get Ebels and My Delta 8 delivered right to your door at a special discounted price? That's right. All members of the Brian Nichols Show audience can use promo code TBNS at checkout and boom, discount applied. Again, that's code TBNS at checkout to get the highest quality CBD and Delta 8 THC on the market delivered right to your door. One more time, the code is TBNS at checkout. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, It's we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. What's up there, folks? Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. As always, I am your humble host. Today, we are talking LP politics. I know, half of our audience groaned, the other half said, yay, and it's because um, LP politics seems to be uh, something that is top of mind right now for a lot of people, especially when they're looking at the state of Delaware, some inner workings. Yes, we're going to be getting behind the weeds, so that being said, Amy Lepore, Vice Chair of the Libertarian Party of Delaware. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Brian, thank you for having me on. Absolutely, Amy. Thank you for joining us. And I know we're recording here early morning on a Saturday um, because we were going to record this past week. You were a little busy because you were coming back from Boston from the Libertarian uh, National Committee meeting where some very important decisions were made. Uh, but before we get there, because they do impact the uh, the topic of conversation today, being one state of Delaware in the Libertarian Party chapter there. But let's rewind because for your average listener, let, now let's just pretend. And your average listener has no idea what I'm talking about here because we kind of avoid sometimes the inner workings of the Libertarian Party, um, you know, the inner workings of state politics and the, the national politics. We'll have specific episodes here and there, but by and large, we focus on sales and marketing. But this, this what's been happening in Delaware, Amy, it raised a lot of red flags across the board, um, much like what's happening up in New Hampshire. So let's start off, Amy, number one, introduce yourself to the audience. But number two, what is happening in the great state of Delaware in the Libertarian Party? 
Yeah, Brian, thank you for the opportunity to talk about what's going on in Delaware, because it's not just Delaware uh, that is dealing with some of the internal politics in the LP. Really, it really is a struggle for other states as well. Uh, we're just having our turn right now. Um, my name is Amy Lepore, and, and obviously I live here in Delaware with my family uh, in Newcastle County, and we are active members of both our county affiliate and, and certainly the, the LPD, uh, and generally uh, activists across the series of issues here in Delaware. Um, uh, since you might have folks who haven't, who haven't uh, heard about exactly what has occurred in Delaware, uh, um, in October, the half of the state board found out that another half of the state board had hidden a change to our bylaws. And that change would go on to permit um, only two people to remove three people from the state board in secret, uh, outside of proper procedures, so outside of our bylaws and outside of parliamentary law uh, or Robert's Rules of Order as well. Um, and so what unfolded after um, one half of the board was uh, improperly removed as a, a, a splitting of the Libertarian Party of Delaware, with two organizations now uh, with a claim to that title, um, one of which does not have a, a proper legal uh, or uh, procedural claim, uh, and one of which, the, the LPD of which I am the vice chair, um, certainly does. And having to kind of battle this out here in Delaware, uh, certainly you know, headed to the court system, uh, and then also with the National Party, which is, you know, you referenced Boston. So that's what we were there doing is kind of battling out on behalf of our membership. A lot of things are taking place um, internally over the past year, will be taking place over the next two months. Um, and I think we're seeing right now a big switch in the Libertarian Party. Now, for your average listener for the show who's who's not really, you know, privy to the inner workings of the LP. We've seen over the past, let's just be fair, I'll say two years or so, a really big groundswell in what we would call the Mises Caucus, which is um, led by Michael Heiss and really fronted by Dave Smith, Tom Woods, and it focuses on bringing in the ideas, really that Ron Paul approach to libertarian ideas, liberty, values, and, and hopefully turning the Libertarian Party into something that would manifest that at a national scale. And we've seen over the past few years, as the Mises Caucus has really established itself more so than just a group online and really into a, a well-oiled machine that is going out and making not only changes in these different, um, you know, whether local or state affiliates, but now they're helping get people elected to state and local offices as big L libertarians. They're having a very big uh, opportunity and they are showing that they're having uh, success in doing so in bringing this this approach to liberty and actually helping people see the value. And now we're fast forwarding to looking, I think it's in February is when we have our convention take place for the Libertarian uh, Party uh, nationally. And this has all been kind of working towards this. I've seen, you know, we saw this happen in New Hampshire where there was the attempted coup. Uh, we see what's happening right now with Delaware. We saw, I think it was in Pennsylvania, something very similar. So talk to me, Amy. What you're you're more purview uh, privy rather to the um the purview of the inner workings of the LP. You you know you go into the the meetings. I try to avoid as much as I can the nitty gritty. Um, so can you kind of help outline in your experience and based on your kind of uh, expertise, what's what's the argument 
in terms of going this this approach. Like, let's try to steal, man, the best we can. The and just for the sake of um, you know, the conversation here, we'll say the the old establishment LP. What what is there in their eyes that they can get as a positive outcome from trying to do what they're doing here? Not only in Delaware, but what they've been trying to do in New Hampshire and gosh, at a national level as well. Yeah, so so what surrounds us, and I can speak um, really well to what's going on here in Delaware, and I can assume it's kind of a microcosm of what's occurring. Um, what is going on here in Delaware is, is fear. Uh, the, the folks who have been around for a long time, many of them support, um, uh, or do not support, rather, this, this coup attempt. Um, many of them support um, the chair, you know, the, the chair of LPD, Bill Hines, myself, uh, and the other members, regardless of their affiliation with a caucus or, 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 or lack thereof. Um, but what we're dealing with here in Delaware is fear. Uh, there is a fear of, of people who are new, of people who might be a little bit different uh, and who might not have been here for a decade um, to be a member of kind of this very small, um, very um, sparsely active party. So in Delaware, there have been incredible people for a long time, uh, but but they have really been waiting for an army of folks to come and to be activists and to be in communities and to be uh, setting up issue-oriented coalitions. And you you talked a little bit about the Mises Caucus, and Delaware has a, a heavy presence of Mises Caucus members. And one of the things that makes us incredibly successful is our ability to work with literally anyone on issue-oriented campaigns. And so whereas the Libertarian Party in Delaware didn't have much of a presence or a name or a reputation. It does now because we're working with the medical freedom community. We're working with the Second Amendment community. Uh, we're getting ready to, to initiate a Defend the Guard initiative, which we think we'll see, um, you know, kind of support across uh, every, every party here in Delaware. And, and that's kind of the, the coalition we seek to build. So it is, I think it is fear of stepping out into the unknown, of becoming a presence in Delaware, uh, I think there are folks who maybe you don't feel ready for that, but there has been no better time in any state to to advocate for for freedom oriented politics. The last part you said there, fear of being a presence in Delaware. This right there is, I think, the epitome of what's been holding us back. And actually, is, is the last two parts you said: the fear of the unknown, and then the fear of being the the uh, the idea, the top of mind to people, being present. And and that right there is why we haven't grown. Why? Because we are comfortable in what we have established as our little bubbles. Um, You mentioned, you know, fear of the new people who have been in their libertarian, uh, you know, secretary role for 20 years. And well, this is how we've always done things as a salesperson. That's one of my worst things to hear anybody ever say. This is how we always done things. Well, great. Well, guess what? You're going to keep on getting the same results then. And how's that been helping you out? Uh, And you've been bringing something different. And that's What's exciting for people who are looking for the change, but also what is fearful to the people who have been the establishment or the status quo in this case. Um, maybe we should start calling them the status quo libertarians versus the establishment libertarians. It has more of a, uh, you know, I think, a, a resounding truth to it. But Amy, um, I'm curious in terms of the, you know, the, the going forward, because these, I say these people, those status quo libertarians, right? They're, they're not going to just go away quietly. And we've seen them try to do some silly things in terms of trying to hold on to these little ounces of power. Now, I'm glad we're seeing this happen now at a, you know, local LP affiliate versus, you know, when they're the head of the the FDA or something like that. Um, But like, let's, let's talk about what we can do 
to try and get these these status quo libertarians on board? Is it a matter of trying to sell the new solutions that we're bringing to the table? Or is it a matter of simply saying, hey, you are no longer our target market. Sorry. So what is really curious is we speak with people from all over the country and in so many other states they're having incredible luck. So um, even if new members are members of a caucus, specifically the Mises caucus, they're welcomed with open arms by uh, party members who have been around for a couple of decades because those party members see the value in the work. Now, why that didn't go on here in Delaware is is a curiosity. And I would be remiss, and and I, I didn't mention it when you asked prior, but I would be remiss to not mention that the culture war very much has seeped into LP politics. So part of, of what has gone on in Delaware, Delaware is a very blue state, and the Libertarian Party um, uh, way has been um, a mixed bag, but some of the people currently in power are very much um, a party to uh, social justice warrior politics and very much are coming from the left and want to pander uh, to Democrats in Delaware. And now while we work with Democrats in Delaware, I'm not going to pander to their uh, terribly left-leaning politics. And, and so part of the reaction against new membership has been, oh my goodness, you operate from the middle. You'll work with the right. You'll work with the left. You'll work with the independents. Um, and I think that part of the reaction uh, that we're seeing is, is really about um, the culture war coming to bear in the Libertarian Party. So, but you asked how, um, you know, how do we get members who have been around for some time to kind of see the value in, in building um, really an army around activism? Um, and again, I think in other states it has gone well and and uh, and those other states are succeeding. Here in Delaware, the response was was unwarranted and unexpected. And again, I think it kind of nests in the, the broader culture war. Yeah. Pander versus, and I think this is where we need to get better, building coalitions with people on very key top of mind issues. Um, we see this a lot and you're, you're talking about the culture war permeating into the LP of Delaware. We see this, I think, on a national level as well. You know, the, the conversation should not be we need to be actively anti-racist. No, that's not a libertarian position. Why are we why are we trying to frame this as a position from a national messaging perspective? And to anybody who says that messaging doesn't matter, I'm sorry, in, in sales, you know, for a fact, the messaging is one of the, the most important, if not key aspects of your outreach methods. So we need to have coherent and, and sound messaging. And I think right there, when you're pandering to people on the left, like you can you can go and, and build like true coalitions with people on very key issues that are, I would say, top of mind, especially when they're you know based on like the principles and, and the issues people are experiencing first and foremost. So like right now, what are people experiencing in their purview? Inflation, just economic uncertainty, the the uncertainty from how the government's responding to COVID and then the, just the absolute insanity that is our healthcare system. So with those four top of mind issues, it's not hard to look and see who has been better on those top four issues if you have to be objective in the right or the left, and it's the right objectively. So you're not pandering when you're reaching out to those people, but rather you're acknowledging the elephant in the room that they are by and large correct on right now the most important issues. But if you rewind to 2000 and 2002, right? Let's just go back to a short 20 years ago. Um, you look and see what was happening then. 
the Democrats were standing up against what was the most important issue of the day, and that was the war on terror. And it would make sense not to pander to the Democrats, but rather to agree with them on their solution for the most important issue of the day, which was the war on terror. So it's not a matter of pandering, but rather figuring out who is your target market, establishing those coalitions because you have those like-minded, not only problems you've identified, but a coherent solution that you can at least agree to in, in principle. And then, you know, yes, are there going to be areas that you're going to have people fall off the bus? Of course. And that's going to happen. But let's at least get to that conversation. Let's first have the ability to even have that conversation. It starts with us getting somewhere. So, who, who cares who, who you're reaching out to and building successful relationships with to actually get things better? Is that not the goal of what we're trying to do is objectively get things better? And I, I dare say, Amy, a lot of the status quo libertarians out there, I think they just look at the LP as one big club and they just want to keep it this very exclusive club, feel that they're very special in that exclusive club and try to keep it as walled off, ironically, of course, um, from outsiders as possible. That's certainly been our experience here in Delaware. And and what is what is most um, interesting is is how we started recruiting. Um, you know, I think this time last year, if you were to ask me, I would have told you first I I did not know about a Mises caucus uh, probably until December of last year. So um, in terms of recruitment, it was after that that really people became interested. They said there, there might be a spot for us in an active libertarian party and the way to get there is going to be through the Mises caucus. That was a decision a lot of us made. Um, I think that the, the, the newness of so many of the members of the libertarian party of Delaware, uh, having grown from maybe 20 active members across all three counties in Delaware in, in their uh, county business meetings to now more like 50 or something, right? So really, I mean, while still small, I get that we're three counties, we're less than a million folks. For one year's recruitment, getting that many active people, and that's just who shows up to the monthly business meetings. That is, uh, it's, it's incredible growth. When you look at the growth in coalitions, um, the, the things that the party was not doing before versus the, the span of people we are working with now, incredible growth. And it's going to continue um, I see really um, no other way forward. And and the good news about libertarian activism, right, and coalition building is we're going to do that regardless of what these other six or seven people who happen to have a little bit of power are saying. We're going to do it while we're in court. We're going to do it while the LNC scratches their head and tries to figure out what, what happens next. We're going to do it while we're having a convention. So our work is is absolutely not going to stop. And and to think that's really the message for, for other folks is, you know, it, we're, we're here. We're active in Delaware. We're building coalitions right now around, again, Defend the Guard. Um, we've already got Democrats on board, Republicans on board, Libertarians on board, Independents on board. Um, and, and we kicked that initiative off on Wednesday. And that's just, again, one example. And, and Brian, you said yourself, you know, you and I met at Liberty Speaks, an opportunity for over 200 Delawareans to come together and to hear uh, from some of the biggest names in the Liberty business, really, uh, and an opportunity never had in Delaware prior. So, so that's an example of our work. Yeah, well, and people are looking for... Um... They're looking for an alternative right now. And this is where I get so frustrated with um, the more status quo libertarians is 
what what do you want? And and I think this is where I I forget who it was I was listening to um, recently, but it was the ideas of goals, but behind a goal, the intent behind said goal, and it's become increasingly apparent that the intents of certain status quo libertarians are not the same intents of other libertarians, I would say, who are more in the idea of, are we not in this to try to make things better, to make people's lives more free, especially when we're focusing on, you know, right now, top of mind authoritarianism across the world. I think that's kind of our role right now of all times. And and yet, when you look at the intentions of more of those status quo libertarians, it's not to make things more free. It's to be more right, to to be able to feel confident that, yeah, I, I'm not only right in my idea, but also I have a little club of people who are going to tell me that I'm pretty, right? That they're going to tell me that I'm right. Um, and it's uncomfortable to all of a sudden have new people come into a movement who are going to challenge you, to push you to be better. And, and that right there is why I think we have not really grown over the past 40, 50 years the way that we have wanted because unfortunately, a lot of the people at the, the core leadership positions have been in that status quo position. They don't want to have more people come into the movement who aren't libertarian yet. They, they want it to be a pure libertarian club. And that's just not how reality is. Like, we have to take what we think will be the best solution and then take where we are and figure out how to get from point A to point B. When we're talking about this in sales... This is one of the hardest things for somebody when you're you're helping them in the buying process to get over is once I've signed my name to the contract, let's say they become a libertarian, then what? Help me feel that I'm going to be able to get the most out of this new solution and I'm going to feel comfortable and confident that I'm going to be in a good spot going forward. If we're not doing a good job at that, and the other parties are just doing an above average, not even an above average, a, just a, a sub, sub level, below average, okay kind of approach. I mean, it's like the Walmart approach to shopping. Like, do they do great? No, but do they do terrible? No, I guess I'll go to Walmart, right? If you need to get whatever the good item or the item is. That's the, how people have approached politics with the liber- or with the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah, I don't really like 100% of what they do, but hey, if it's a choice between Walmart, Target, and not being able to get my goods at all, I'm going to have to pick one of the two, and that's what the American public has done, so it's on us. We have to not just be the third option. We have to be the better option, and we have to be okay with people who aren't 100% libertarian coming in, learning about our other options, and then it's on us to help make it easier for them to actually be the better libertarians that we so badly want them to be, so... I know I went off there, Amy, so let's do this. As we go towards the tail end of the conversation, obviously, we want to make sure people who are are listening today, specifically as they're focusing on the LP of Delaware, know what they can do to help, because this has been something that's been happening over the past few months. Um, I know you just have some some actual pathway forward that was determined here back with the, the meeting we talked about in Boston. So, Amy, let's do this. Uh, for the last part of the conversation, outline number one: what are things looking like from your standpoint? As the you know, you're looking at where LP Delaware will end up, but also what can the audience do to help you guys out on that path? Thank you. Yeah, Brian, those are two excellent questions. So the first, uh, what what does the path forward look like? Uh, the chair of LP Date, Bill Hines, and I uh, believe that you know there are 2,100 registered 
libertarians in the state of Delaware. And by our bylaws, they are members. Those 2,100 libertarians have been kicked out of the other LPD uh, and, and are not considered members until they are whitelisted and voted uh, in by a majority of state board members. And so our path forward is to invite 2,100 libertarians to a convention where they will sound off on who their leadership is. And we will be giving them that opportunity. And that's the motion that the LNC has made, which is uh, the convention that is most well attended uh, and presumably which follows bylaws uh, and parliamentary law uh, the, to the closest possible way um, will will be the the victor here, will be the Libertarian Party of Delaware. And, and we've signed up for that. We we agree the membership should be able to, to, to weigh in on that. But again, Bill and I believe that that's 2,100 Libertarians and not 30, as I think are currently recognized by uh, this other faction. So that was your first question. What's the path forward look like? We're going to have a big old convention and membership is going to be able to determine who their leadership is. Uh, and and the, the chair and I will, will support that and make sure that as many folks you know, are notified and get out to that event as possible. Um, in terms of uh, how, how people can help, you know, everyone has been incredible. They have been sharing our content uh, from, from Twitter, uh, and from Facebook. But if you're in Delaware, you know, we, we want you to join. Um, if you are, and we have a new website, it is lp-delaware.org. Uh, so, you know, you can fill out that contact form there, get an lp-delaware.org and join up. But if you're not in Delaware and you're wondering how you can help, you can join your Libertarian Party. Um, I think that, that the more the merrier and the growth has been exponential here in Delaware. I know many other states are having that same experience. Um, but Brian, as you said, the issues couldn't be more pressing right now. Um, kind of um, the most authoritarian time, certainly in, in, in our life, in our lifetime. Uh, and, and the fact that the LP uh, and then the LPD prior had been pretty silent on these issues speaks volumes and means that we need more people to start to spread the message. Yeah. As uh, my good buddies over at the sound mind creative group say, they had this new docu-series, follow the science on uh, lockdowns and Liberty. This is the fight for our lives. We're seeing it right now. I, I mentioned this quite often. When I have non-political guests on the show. I'll say, do you, you feel it, right? You feel that something has changed. The conversations out there have changed and people are, are open to new solutions. Hey, LP, it's on us to actually go ahead, stand up, not just be that alternative solution, but be the better solution. And hey, as long as we have folks like Amy Lapore and the amazing folks at LP Delaware fighting the good fight, hey, I think we're uh, we're on the right path being uh, that of liberty for the masses going forward. So what we'll do, folks, we'll make it easy for you to go ahead and support the LP of Delaware and Amy and all of their uh, their endeavors as we move forward here. Um, we'll include all those links in the show notes. All you gotta do is click the Brian Nichols Show artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you right to today's episode where you can find all of Amy's links, all of LP Delaware's links, plus you can find all 400 plus episodes of the Brian Nichols Show. Oh, and by the way, the entire transcript of today's episode as well. That being said, Amy Lapore, Vice Chair of the Libertarian Party of Delaware. Thanks for joining the program. Thank you so much, Brian. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. 
The Brian Nittle Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.